What do you know, Justin? It's, uh, look at this. We're actually recording multiple episodes with no breaks in between. Yeah, I know. We're almost going to top our 2022 total. I mean, I think we're three quarters of the way there with this episode. It'll put us three quarters of the way to our 2022 total of episodes. That's that's a good thing. Because I, I, you know, between you and I, I never quite recovered from uh, lockdown. I'm still like trying to get over the fact that I have to like get dressed and go outside and bathe. It's like, what kind of nonsense is that? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I know. Uh, me too. I mean, I, I'm always wearing a mask in my car. I bathe uh, only in sterile environments. It's like, you ever see those movies where they go out into space and they have to go through that one uh, cleansing room? Yeah. That's what my house is like. I've been in yeah. your house. It's definitely not that. Oh, well, well oh, don't, don't ruin it, man. I had it going. <laughs> so <laughs> I know these people don't know you. Our seven listeners. Yeah. Uh, what is up, my man? Uh, looks like we're going to do a news episode, huh? Yeah, you know, I've been uh, playing with chat GPT a lot in AI. And and you know, you know that I know that chat GPT is freaking awesome. Yes. I'm having it write me movie scene scripts. I'm having it write me songs. I'm having it write me poems. I'm having it write me incredible, incredible things. I think that uh, it should write you a... Sonnets? Shakespearean sonnets? Yeah. <laughs> I think you have too much free time on your hand <laughs> is what I think, man. I'm... I'm uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know something, uh, what, uh, what we do have time for is some news. So let's do some theme music. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Andre Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. We are the Marketing Geeks. All right, so um, here we are. We are. Uh, if if you've just heard this song that just played, our our rotating theme song. Uh, I, I, one of the things that I did over uh, the holiday was I learned uh, how to make music with uh, FL Studio Pro. So while you're off, like messing around with chat GDP <laughs> and falling in love with some AI algorithm, I am actually creating real things like music so did you watch the movie her by chance with uh walking phoenix i did i did it, it is just I like did. that chat gpt and i are we're we are in love we're not falling in love we are in love oh man oh man i uh well i i hey i wish i wish the two of you well i guess but uh <laughs> let's get to some news uh, uh lots of stuff is happening kind of interesting so do you use tiktok at all um, I mean, I don't post on TikTok, but I occasionally look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a, just, a, I, I refuse to have it for a number of reasons. Uh, but you know, it's one of these things that you gotta kind of like chat GPT. You have to, you have to integrate it into your existence. Uh, according to marketing tech, B2B social media marks a huge growth with TikTok leading the pack. So if you are a part of what I do, this is uh, my in my area of expertise is I do a lot of B2B uh, social media stuff, right? I like seeing what the kids want to respond to. So I, hello, young people, here's a product for you. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to tell you about it on this TikTok. Let grandpa speak now. Let grandpa speak. 
So uh, according uh, to Meltwater, it's published a report revealing that the importance of social media is increasing among organizations as a result of the global economic uncertainty. That, that's a stupid opening line. I think AI wrote that because uh, we already knew that. Probably. Uh, with brand awareness uh, as a priority, more than half of the survey respondents, that's 52%, stated that economic uncertainty has made social media a more important channel for their organization. It's not the economic uncertainty. It's just that people are just on social, right? No, it just means that they don't have enough money to pay for ads, so they're trying to mm. use organic social to make up for the difference, and that's all that means. Yeah. Mayhap. Mayhap. While Facebook remains the most used social media platform for organizations, still, I don't get that. I really... God, it's surprising. It's a little bit surprising. Bit of a segue uh, for those of you who who have who don't know this. Uh, I actually got kicked off of Facebook for <laughs> for violating community standards. And why did I? Well, it happened directly after we did a live stream of this podcast, in which I begged people, if you can hear my voice, disconnect your Facebook right now. Don't give any money to that company. If you are a marketer convince your clients to not use Facebook. Coincidence. I mean. Coincidence. <sighs> there was no causal relationship, Andros. There was no causal relationship. I, yeah, probably, probably not. Believe me, not having Facebook has made my life much better. And every client I have, I beg them, do not use uh, Facebook. But mm -hmm. apparently they still, uh, quite a bit of people use it. Uh, so in terms of growth, the use of TikTok rapidly increased 30% versus 16 from last year. Additionally, 47% of respondents stated that they are planning to use TikTok in 2023. The statistic jumped to 56% when looking specifically at respondents in the United Kingdom and Ireland. Which is why we're going to do an episode on TikTok ads at some point in the future, uh, unless it gets banned. But if, if it doesn't get banned anytime soon, we're going to do an episode on that. And if it does get banned, we're going to do an episode on YouTube Shorts and Instagram, whatever it's called, Reels. Instagram, whatever it's Reels. called. Yeah, that's Reels. right. <laughs> Mr. Marketing over here up on the tech, I see. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the UKI region, five channels continue to dominate social media marketing with 90% of the respondents using Facebook, 93% using LinkedIn, 89% using Twitter. Really? People still use Twitter? Twitter's the same, dude. Twitter is the same. I'm going to interrupt you right there. I'm sorry, but Twitter hasn't changed that much. It's, like, it's the exact same thing, except now it's a little bit... It's just they brought back the conflict even more. It was already like pure conflict, but now it's even more conflict because... So instead of a hellhole, it's just a hellhole run by a, a, a megalomaniac sociopath. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what every great company is, though? Uh, and 82% of the respondents use Instagram, while only 66% still use YouTube. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. So it's not the most popular channel to do your advertising unless you're, you know, uh, filming yourself in front of your yacht, telling your, you know, that's not yours, telling people how they can live a life of luxury as well. Then you can buy their stupid, uh, shitty program. I think we should do a crowdfunding um, campaign to get people to fund us to film a video in front of a yacht just to make a, uh, a funny ad. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, if, if we can get our seven listeners to crowdfund you coming to visit me in the Netherlands, I'm all for it. With a yacht and a yacht uh, too. And, and the yacht. Uh, most notably, Twitter usage in the region is 23% higher than the global average. Out of 130 countries surveyed, the report found that 
Uh, UKI, which is uh, the United Kingdom region, relies more on social media as a marketing tool compared to overall results in other regions. Hmm. Hmm. So um, now uh, I find that I find that rather interesting because uh, there is also uh, from this is from Marketing Tech News a new survey that says sixty five percent of Gen Z feel more confident online with community focused social apps. And that goes for uh, things like Twitter and, or not Twitter, um, uh, uh, Discord, uh, Twitch, things like that. They feel more connected in like smaller settings, I think is what that's saying. I think it means like, even if it was in Facebook, it'd be like Facebook groups, not yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Or and- uh, if you segment them down, they like to be in their little segments, which makes sense. It's like the same thing that people are in social settings too, right? Well, and, and it, it also makes sense because, you know, the if you go on, you know, put something on Twitter or put something on uh, uh, Reddit, for instance, uh, eventually someone's just going to call you a Nazi, right? But if you have a group, you kind of know the people, you develop a bit of a you know, we're still social animals. We'd like to know who we're talking to. It'll take longer for them to call you a Nazi. Yeah, or they do it uh, jokingly, you know, uh, having good fun. Uh, uh, I, I think that this is kind of interesting because on the one hand, businesses are relying more on these uh, old guard social media platforms. But uh, on the other hand, you know, if if people are getting more and more reliant on groups versus like just open platforms. Um, and I think that's where it's going. Then uh, the question then is how do we get the message out to our clientele if, if as a marketer, you know what I'm saying? Like how well, I've seen on app, um, I've seen on app sumo there occasionally there's been offers where you could buy a software that would allow you to create basically your, your own social network, like your own group within your website mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to see is more privatized social media where a individual company has a platform that is kind of like Facebook, not as good, but you know, maybe, maybe it'll get as good that is hosted through their own website. Um, but independent of the global community. So you're able to kind of just keep it to the, to the people that are in that business, uh, instead of, um, broadening it out. Maybe I, I, I also don't think that people are going to be jumping onto the, you know, the Coca-Cola chat room on the website. No, no. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. They're not going to jump in the Coca-Cola chat room. You're right. Yes. But you have, you, you have something like, uh, Mastodon, which is slowly growing in, uh, in popularity. Mastodon is kind of a Twitter. Still haven't gone there yet. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a social uh, networking app. The only uh, way that you can use it though, is to be invited to someone's server and uh, the server gets to make the rules. So if you want to call people a Nazi, then you have to be on that particular server that allows it. Uh, Otherwise they can kick you off the server. uh, But you have access to other people's uh, Mastodon accounts. It's just whether the rules will it's more like reddit where you have different subreddits have different rules so um I, I i'm actually interested to see how especially like have you ever seen young people uh like gen zers interacting with each other it's kind of nuts i mean even younger what's the what's the the generation after gen z i, I don't even know but um you know like kids 13 14 you just see them sitting next to each other and they text each other while they're sitting next to each other it's bananas 
So I uh, so Generation Alpha are defined uh, as those born from 2010 to 2024. So both of our sons would be Generation Alpha. I see. So the the whole the whole clock has looped around, and now we're back at A. So terrific. Yep. We're doing the Greek alphabet now. <laughs> we're in the Greek alphabet. We did, the, we did the U.S. alphabet. Now it's time for the Greek alphabet. Here's an interesting uh, something for all you marketing people out there. 47% of UK businesses are embarrassed by their website. Uh, but then again, 47% of all UK people are probably just embarrassed in general from <laughs> their daily living. It's just the British way, you know. Uh, uh, according uh, to uh, Marketing Tech News, UK companies are losing a considerable sum of money each year due to poor website experiences despite spending a substantial amount on marketing technology. This is according to research by Storyblock, a content marketing systems uh, category leader that empowers both developers and content teams to create their own unique. This sounds like an ad for like a, like an ad placement for Storyblock. Yeah, a little bit, but I can tell you what's going on. Yeah. You have, you have people that have bought websites, I don't know, 10 years mm -hmm. ago, 15 years ago, even five years ago. And they paid somebody to build the website and that company is in turn charging them like a hosting fee on the side, which, you know, you can have your own web hosting for pretty cheap. It's not too hard to do. Um, and what's happening is they're not that those companies that did that are not staying up to date with the latest technology. So they're probably basically defunct. And, and now like if you're not updating your website every single year, your website is going to fall way behind on web speed. It's going to find way behind on ease of use, SEO, everything. SEO, all that stuff. And, and just, just as somebody who has built a copious amount of websites, usually when you deliver a, a, a product, the, the, the end user is generally happy. But but ultimately, there's always like this creep that comes in. As far as I'm, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just design shitty websites. I don't know. But I, I I do find that there's always sort of a, a like a resell that you have to do. And uh, you know, when people spend that much money and it's so personal because it's their business, I think there's always kind of a skepticism uh, that goes into it. Well, uh, also like people overestimate their ability of a website to sell a product. Yeah, like generally. My experience has been that, that you have somebody that comes to you on a website, you build the website, it's a great website, it will convert, but then there's nobody going to the website because they haven't done SEO or they haven't done ads. Right. And the reality is that if you don't drive traffic through SEO or through ads, it, you know, you're not going to make money from your website. I mean, it's... And, and, and that is the important thing. And, and because, you know, uh, a lot of people are, are, you know, and they don't do outreach through like things like Instagram or, uh, other social media platforms. And if you don't do those things in conjunction with one another, that is, uh, you know, not only having a, a well-designed website, but you've got to be continuously blogging, uh, to get, uh, impressions. You've got to continuously making content on social media to, uh, get awareness out there. And, and if you, if you don't do those things, you're basically, you, you have a, a billboard out in the desert. Uh, but that said, I, I think that, that because half of the businesses are not happy with their website or how their website is designed, I think there's a great opportunity for, for digital marketers to, uh, to, to help and, and get business because at the end of the day, uh, chat GPT is not going to build a website. You know, and there's nothing we, we still have jobs in regards to that because 
uh, and this is what I, I mentioned a few episodes ago, the, the soul of, of connection is not going to be done through AI. It's not going to happen. It's still going to need a human no. interface to do that. So I, I think I, my, my, the short answer being is that if you are generally interested in keeping clients and getting new clients, best thing to do is you know pick up the phone, look at the, somebody's website, do a bit of analysis. And in, I think it's next week, we're going to do an episode on uh, data storytelling and how you can actually position. Uh, It'll be the next week or the next week or the next week. Yeah. When we get around to it, because uh, well, our track record isn't so great. But I believe we said you know. that last week it was going to be next week, so I'm, that's why I'm trying to, you know. I, I'm still doing research on it, but but what I am interested in doing is figuring out exactly, uh, like maybe going over some step by steps of what you can do to do some data storytelling. So if you approach a client, you can actually land a gig just by telling a story with the data that's available uh, to anybody. And what tools yeah. you can use. Yeah. I'll, I'll save my input on that for the next episode. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, the short version is half the people uh, who have businesses kind of don't like their website. So go ahead, get more business. And that, that is a big opportunity, though. I mean, if they don't like their website, you're right. I mean, there's a big opportunity there to just edit the website, do a little bit of basic SEO, local SEO, um, or run a couple lead generation campaigns through you know Facebook or whatever. And that, that's an opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Or, or, or LinkedIn or whatever. I mean, uh, and I've always said this, if, if uh, uh, the, the part of running your own business and, and, and having that mindset is that rather than thinking like, oh, I need a job and someone to, you know, give me a paycheck. Uh, my philosophy is there's money out there. It's a matter of just going to that table where the money is sitting and negotiating how you're going to get that money. And um, which makes me a complete capitalist, but I'm willing to share that money, which makes me a communist. So, uh, you know, you're a little bit of a hybrid, a little bit of a hybrid. I'm a, I'm a bit of a hybrid. I'm a, uh, one side thinks that I'm trying to eat babies and the other side thinks I'm trying to overthrow the government. So I don't know Yep. what, what, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just look. that's why I, I left. That's why I'm just like hanging low. I mean, to be honest, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I don't feel like I belong to a specific political party. Um, I'm kind of in the middle and it's, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, well, that's why I'm just learning about Dutch politics, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, just as fun. Finally, this is, uh, uh, I've got, uh, two more stories here. First one is, uh, I'd like to, uh, bring back our long awaited favorite segment Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Sex Robot Report. Yeah. Oh. Break it down. Yeah. Get that mm. Sex Robot Report. So there was a new study, and uh, <laughs> it has been revealed the insane amount of sex robot owners worldwide. The number of people that own them who are insane or the insane amount, like there's a lot of them. You know, uh, I, 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 I would say that if anyone wants to, I mean, like basically because Tinder has gamified screwing, I think that anybody who decides to have a sex robot instead of just trying to smash online because it's so easy, uh, I think there's something insane about that person. But that's just me. I mean, like maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, How tall are you, Andres? Uh, I, I, what, 175, five, nine. 
You're five nine. Yeah, you're relatively tall. No, no, I'm average. I'm very average. I was reading something online about like if you're under like five eight, that it you get filtered out a lot. So like for us, yeah, maybe for us because we're like tall. You're no, but you're tall, tall. You're like six. Yeah, I'm six foot five. I'm tall. Yeah, so you get you get a lot of action that I don't. And, just from being and, tall. You don't have to be good looking. You just be tall. Just from being tall. Yeah, because you're not good looking, but you are tall. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, whoa. sorry. Was that too far? Yeah, too Was far. Was that too far? Oh, no, sorry, man. You go and fix it. You can fix it still. Tell me how good looking I am. <laughs> I, I can't. No, I, I can't. Dibbles. I can't. I, dibbles. I mean, you know, I can't. <laughs> and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm considering just feeding my child's growth hormones mm-hmm. uh, for his own benefit. You know, you know. Uh, anyway, back to business. Uh, so there is a new study out, uh, breaking down who and where our, uh, people are actually buying sex robots. Um, and so there was a, uh, a research found that, uh, 17.2% of people worldwide own or have had sex with a robot. So one in Almost one in five. Almost one in five. Yeah, yeah. Does that include people who just are like just lie there, like and don't do anything? I don't know. What? What? Are, you gotta read. You gotta read the article, man. You gotta read the article. Well, then in that case, in, in that case, my ex-wife was definitely a sex robot. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, hey, hey, was that too far? Uh, the gender demographics were very similar, with seventeen point eight percent of men and sixteen point sixteen point five percent of women who have owned or have had sex with a mechanical human. That's a lot of damn people. Uh, breaking down- I like the way they worded that. Not a robot, a mechanical human. A mechanical human, not, not, a, not a toy, a me- an actual yeah. mechanical human. Focus groups say that having sex with a mechanical human is much more socially acceptable than a robot. Probably. Hmm. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. They, they, they definitely work that in, in a focus group. Uh, breaking it down by nation, 15.3% of Americans have either rooted or owned a sex robot. Rooted a sex robot? I think that that's, uh, <laughs> they knew, they know what they were saying right there. Well, those, uh, well, Europeans have had a higher number with 18.3%. Hmm. 18.3%. But, but, but I hope you're sitting down because Japan was the leader with sex robots in total, 27.1% of the country wow. had sex with a robot uh, at some point or another. They have So one in four, one in four Japanese people that you meet have had fun with a robot. And, and they, they, they do also have the highest rate of loneliness uh, as well. But I, I mean, that's like wild. If you're like, if you're like sitting in a room with like a hundred people, like 25 of them have at one point smashed a sex robot. That's only if you're in Japan, Mondo, so only if you're in Japan, man. Well, you know, we are, we are, uh, we're definitely in the, uh, in the wrong business because it is a $200 million, uh, business. I, I would think it's a lot more with uh, 27% of the country. Like, well, Japan, I mean, what's the population of Japan? I don't know. I think it's more than 15. Hold on. Let me find out. <laughs> population of Japan, 125.7 million. So 25%, 31 million-ish out of Japan's population. I, there's something wrong with these numbers. I, I, like, 
all the way around. There's something wrong with these numbers. I've never been to Japan. Maybe they're not wrong. I don't know. I've never been. I've never had sex with a robot. So there you go. Nor have I. Yeah. Well, we should. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying I haven't had yet. Well, instead of our fans like paying for a, a yacht and for us to film a commercial by a yacht, they should film. Uh, they should pay for us to to go to Japan. No. Nope. Nope. Come on, man. Okay. I thought you were. Come on. I thought you were going to say something else. You're good. <laughs> You're tall. Sex robots will like you. And good looking, might I add. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Wow. I mean it. Wow. Yep. And dimples. <laughs> there they are. There they are. And that is the conclusion of the Sex Robot Report. Finally. I want to talk a little bit more. I, I know we we're going to do a, like a whole episode with uh, we're going to get into AI and, and the capabilities of chat GPT. But I mean, like, yes, it is fascinating. And we're going to be talking about this a lot, I think, over the next few weeks. Oh, it. it it's, it's it, like next to the cell phone, it is probably the most disruptive technology humans have ever faced. It's people have no idea. Absolutely. And, and my understanding is that Google is sitting on uh, probably a much stronger version of chat GPT that they don't want to release because of the ramifications. But now they're being like pushed into it. So uh, we might see an acceleration of AI uh, like ridiculously well, you, over the next 12 months <laughs> you know what's interesting i just I, I i own a couple of uh automators for linkedin like for messaging mm -hmm. automators and one of them uh one called scrabbin uh that i own just announced that they are into implementing chat gpt with their uh with their with their platform so they will respond and interact with people who leave comments on your posts. So I think eventually all the internet is just going to be bots just talking to bots. Pretty much. And but but ChatGPT is free right now. Yeah. It will not be free forever. It's going to be very expensive probably pretty soon. So that will change things a little bit. Um what are you going to do, man? You're you're going to be like a heroin addict who suddenly has to buy his product. Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, rob banks and shit to get my fix. But <laughs> regardless of that, um, I wanted to say that Chat ChatGPT has recently successfully passed the bar exam and the medical uh, medical license exam. I forget what states this was in, um, but there there are a couple of articles that have come out about how ChatGPT has has passed at Wharton Business School. It passed the MBA exam for one. Yeah, I think I think we talked about this uh, last week. Did we? All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna repeat it again because it's it blows my mind. It passed. The bar exam, um, I'll try to find out what state, and it passed the medical license exam. ChatGPT is pretty smart. That's it, all I got to say. Yeah, more or less. But you got to watch out because sometimes it, it, wrote me, it wrote me a rough screenplay for The Cable Guy Part 2 with Jim Carrey. Yeah, was it good? Oh, it's really good because it features time travel, talking cats, everything you would expect in a Cable Guy sequel. I would totally, I would totally see that. And <laughs> considering some of the junk that's on Netflix, man, I, I think that it's doing a better job than some of the creatives out there. Finally, last news. This is, uh, uh, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? Is that a thing that you do? Um, I mean, my team is the 49ers. They got absolutely stomped and lost. I mean, I've, I've lived a long time, right? And I've never seen this before. They lost both of their quarterbacks, you know, I don't know if you know what that is. I have no idea. But they lost both of their quarterbacks during the game, and they they basically had to play with a um, – well, they had an injured quarterback play. He couldn't throw the ball, though, so they just had to hand it off over and over, and it was it was, it was bad. It was really bad. They got absolutely stomped. Well, well, the Super Bowl is coming up, and uh, the commercials are starting to get lined up. Commercials are almost as good as the actual 
event. They they put a lot of money into it. Um, however, the guy who uh, David Green, he's the multi billionaire uh, and Hobby Lobby co founder who helped destroy uh, healthcare in America through uh, the Hobby Lobby case. If you haven't followed that, very very interesting. Uh, they are, uh, him and some other, uh, donors are going to donate over a billion dollars in three years for a, uh, Christ awareness campaign. And the first one is going to be a $20 million advertising budget for a campaign that is entitled Jesus. He gets us. And, um, you know what this reminds me of? What? Did you ever see Dogma with um, – I did. I saw Dogma in the theaters. of yeah. one of the few. My buddy Jesus. It's uh, – you know, I, okay, I, I've got a lot of problems with it. So first of all, you're going to spend $20 billion over the course of three years, $20 million just to get like two commercials online, you know, and in, in on TV. Uh, Jesus, he gets us. Uh, okay, uh, many problems with this. First of all – Wait, wait, wait. First, hold on, hold on. Do you remember the dot-com – Bubble, obviously you do. Mm-hmm. There were several companies that would run Super Bowl ads, and they would um, that would cost them like five times their annual revenue to run the ad, and they would do it anyway. And um, it reminds me of that. Well, it, here, here's the thing: it's like is like um, if Jesus gets you, if he really gets you, would he want you to spend that much money, a billion dollars? That's like you can you can you could do so much good with that just to get this message out because by now it's kind of like uh, a pack of cigarettes that says smoking will cause cancer. Yeah. Everybody fucking knows this. Every, like everybody knows that, that, that if you don't follow Jesus, you're going to go to hell and uh, that's fine because all my friends will be there too. I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, But I, 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 I have, I, I really take issue with, with spending that much money that could be doing that much good by people who call themselves, you know, people of faith. Uh, and, and in return, uh, what are they going to get? Are, do, do they really think that they're going to get more bodies in, in pews? Uh, but think about it. I mean, if you, if you really believe that, if you really like hundred percent believe that you're going to a eternal life in heaven, which is that, you know, or, um, with, with all that, then, then it would make sense, sort of. No, you know what makes sense? Feeding people, like like taking care of some sick people, like nope, nope. Running ads makes sense. Healing nope. people, like Wrong. like investing that money into like <laughs> cancer research, which actually will save people. Uh, and then you know, every time they get their chemo, they can get a little note saying this this chemo brought to you by Jesus. I think bring it all into Scientology makes the most sense, actually, buddy. Scientology. Put it all in Scientology. That's how you. That's how you save the world. Okay, so here's here's my Scientology story. I uh, uh, long time ago when I lived on Hollywood Boulevard, the Scientology uh, Center was there, and uh, I always would like fuck with the Scientologists. And one of the things I did was I I I kind of knew like what their dogma was all about. Uh, uh, my my father, uh, who was that science fiction writer guy, actually knew L. Ron Hubbard, and and my dad was one of the ones who was present when. L. Ron Hubbard said, if you want to make a lot of money, start a religion. And uh, he he told that story frequently. Uh, and so, um, uh, yes, you can definitely make a lot of money. So what I did was I, I would go down to uh, Hollywood Boulevard and they'd always ask if I could uh, do the personality test. So I went there and I 
decided to take the personality test. I went with this uh, girlfriend of mine at the time and, uh, and they made us fill out this little form. Uh, and I did not give my real name obviously. And so I, I filled out the little form and took the test. And at the end of it, I scored really high because I knew what they were going to be asking like super, super high. And, uh, the guy looked at it and his eyes popped out and he said, Oh my God, have you ever taken Scientology before? Have you ever been involved in Scientology? I said, no, man, I just got off the bus. I don't know nothing. And, uh, I could see the wheels spinning. He's trying to figure out like, okay, how can I, how can I rope this guy in? And he says, ah, you know what I see here? Right here, there's a little dip, right? In this little section. Uh, you scored a little bit less than the other parts and it's your certainty level. And I go, oh, what does that mean? And he goes, you are so certain that there are no problems in your life. You do not see the problems that are actually there. And I went, no kidding. You know what? I totally see that now. And he goes, see how Scientology can help you? And I go, it did. Thank you so much. It, I see how I've been avoiding my problems by not seeing my problems. And he goes, well, then you should sign up for classes. And I go, I don't need to. You just gave me the answer, man. Thanks a lot. And I left and, and took my girlfriend with me. And at the uh, at the end of it, I, you know, I was telling her about that laughing because they separated us and everything. And, and then she told me that she gave them her real address. And I was like, you what? And she goes, yeah, I gave them my real address and my name. Was that wrong? And I was like, oh, no. Uh, so uh, apparently they tracked down her parents. And for years afterwards, they would like send her Scientology literature. They sent people to her house. Um, so there's no moral to this story. But Well, I'll just say that I, I took the stress test in Santa Barbara when I was at UC Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah. They have a Scientology center on State Street. They used to anyway. You got to hold two two cans. And, and I, so. yeah, I held, I held the two cans. I took it. I failed miserably. Of course you do. And um, and then I'm like, oh, I went on my way. But I also filled out my real information. Oh. And uh, to this day, they've successfully tracked me to every address I've ever moved to. And I still get their like, little flyers and pamphlets and whatnot. Uh, I haven't had anyone come to the door as far as I know. But I, I still get their flyers and pamphlets. They, they, they have whatever system they have. It doesn't matter if you move. They will find you. Oh, man. Man. So, you know, if you want to be clear, then, uh, or Tom Cruise, don't give him your ad real address, I guess. I mean, if you want to be clear, just spend $100,000 and they'll make you clear. No. If you want to be uh, OT8 or whatever, then you spend $10 million and it's easy. Uh, yeah. Or you could take out an ad and, uh, uh, you know, talk about Jesus. Take your pick. No, no, no. Not, that's not, see, that's not OT8. OT8 is, you know, your spirit is part of the volcano with, Zeno and you're Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. You become Tom Cruise. You, Tom Cruise, Zeno, and 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 you are all one and the same. Yeah, and that's okay. once you become OT8, they put you in a Mission Impossible movie, and uh, you have to do a stunt. Obviously, that's... or or a Top Gun movie. Yes. Yeah. Either or. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. So <laughs> this was a weird one, but you know, it was still we 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 covered so many so much information. It was a weird one, obviously. This is the first time you've been here, sir, because uh, <laughs> they all tend to be a little weird. Um, but um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andro Surgeon. And I am Justin Womack. We are the Marketing Geeks, and we are out. Stay classy. Marketing Geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andro Surgeon and Justin Womack, the fun will never end. It's Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks.